We're in chapter four. And as we learned last week, Peter and Paul have healed this lame man that, that they found as they were entering the temple at the beautiful gate. And some of the Jewish leaders caught wind of this and they weren't too happy about it. And as you can imagine, the whole interaction created a lot of attention. So the area around the temple probably wasn't a quiet place for the remainder of the day. And so this group of Jewish leaders called the Sadducees had kind of, you know, as I said, caught wind of this. And they were a very strict sect of Judaism. And later we're going to meet a man named Saul, who was also part of a very strict sect of Judaism called the Pharisees. So I want you to remember those two um, groups, the, Sa the Sadducees and the Pharisees. And now the Sadducees at this time, they were very interested in Peter and John because they were kind of, um, you know, dismantling Jewish law. And so the Sadducees and the Pharisees both sought to persecute anybody who was speaking against these laws. Or It's important to understand as we read through this, that the Sadducees not only had religious power, but they also had quite a bit of political power and they had gained it at the time that Peter and John are being confronted. So in maybe if this is ha this had happened a little bit before then, then Peter and John might not have gotten in the kind of trouble they got to. But right now, at this point in history, the Sadducees have a lot of power, both uh, religiously and politically. Um, so the Sadducees, as a political movement and a religious movement, they were very apprehensive to any kind of growth of the way or, you know, what would become the Christian movement. And um, we have to remember that at this point in time, the apostles have received the Holy Spirit and they are growing in number, but they are not called Christians quite yet. They're just referred to as the way. And um, this is really um, kind of, it's gaining a lot of momentum and the Sadducees and the Pharisees and other Jewish leaders like the Sanhedrin, as you're going to hear about here pretty soon, are all very nervous about this. So um, they're taking a lot of precaution and kind of keeping, um, arresting people and trying to figure out what this is all about. So Peter and John have been, you know, they're, they're about to be detained, as we're going to learn. And this is a crucial moment for the way, for Christianity, as it will soon um, become known. In verse 6, we see the incoming of the Sanhedrin, or to quote F.F. Bruce, the Sanhedrin was the Senate and Supreme Court of the Jewish nation. So for Peter and John to be taken directly to this court, it was serious. And this same council would have been the council that oversaw the case for Jesus. So in verse 7, it kind of feels like they're playing dumb a little bit because they know exactly who they're talking to. They ask, you know, by what power or by what name have you done this? And Peter in verse eight, he holds nothing back and he's full of the Holy Spirit. He's not turning his back on Jesus again. Remember, Peter denied Jesus before his crucifix crucifixion. So for Peter to be standing among the equivalent of our U.S. Supreme Court at this time, 
and say, I'm here in the name of Jesus. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, I healed this lame man. This is huge to me. No one puts themselves in this position if they weren't 100% confident in what they had seen, not only in the risen Christ, um, but what they experienced at Pentecost with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So Peter stands there in front of these men and really puts his heart out there. So here he goes, verses 8 through 12. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. So as we read in verse 13, they were kind of amazed. Um, Here is Peter, who is this country boy, fisherman, man's man, uneducated, and he's relaying this message that just blows them away. So in verse 15, the best they could do was just say, hey, look, stop doing this. Stop speaking about this Jesus guy. Please cut it out. And Peter confidently says, look, I can't and I won't. Um, He's kind of in this like Fletcher Reed situation. If you've seen that movie, Liar, Liar, with Jim Carrey, he is unable to tell a lie. And this is the same with Peter um, and the apostles because they are so full of the Holy Spirit that they are unable to stop what the Holy Spirit has started. And it's here that the Jewish leaders are defeated in a sense because they are witnessing this miracle before their eyes and they can't argue with Peter. And what everyone in the room is witnessing, Peter and John uh, get released and they will go back to their crew, to the other followers of the way, and give them a recap of what had just happened in court. So we will reconvene um, on what happens next tomorrow. We'll pick up in verse 24.